What a wonderful afternoon here in Sydney. Sun's out, spring's out, it's getting warmer. A bit of optimism out there. Um, of course, everyone's pumped about this week, uh, Stuart, because they're getting a bonus day they weren't expecting. Um, those that are watching this in Victoria, they're over the moon because they know they've got Thursday, Friday, and real estate agents probably won't be doing any work on Saturday being Sydney Swans Geelong Day. And then they got Sunday. So this is a great week for the Victorian agents. And everyone that's coming on, I've got to tell you, we have got a great treat today because the gentleman on the other side of the screen joining us on Tech Tuesday, which of course is brought to you but none other, but probably the most influential tech business in real estate at the moment, and that is Realtair. And with me, I have Stuart Bourne, who is the owner of Rain and Horn Lane Cove, Willoughby, and Rain and Horn Mossman. How are you going, Stu? Good, thanks, Sonny. How are you, mate? I'm very well. I'm very well. Right. Say that again. Go the Swannies. Yes, listen. You know, I was saying to myself, I had a 4.30 auction on Saturday, and I was saying to myself, let's get rid of this auction so I can actually get on the radio and as I'm driving home and I and I and I missed it all. But are you are you more AFL or rugby league? Mate, I'm a massive AFL fan. My uh, my cousin is one of the head coaches for um, the Swans as well. And uh, I lost a few years on the weekend of my life uh, in the last couple of minutes. So I'm thankful that the buzzer went. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna be watching the game, right? Hundred percent. Okay. So, Stuart, firstly, um, for those of you that are watching, it's always good to actually uh, doing an interview with someone that I think I would have done at least maybe four or five training sessions with you over the last couple of years. And it's it's an incredible business that you've got, but you've actually grown. And, uh, you know, three to 50 people, you've got 50 people now. And what's interesting, Stuart, is the average GCI of agents in your office is a million dollars in GCI. Correct. Yeah. That's great. And um, Stuart, also, um, your business did 330 sales for the 12-month period. Is that is that right, 330? Yeah, um, Tom, that's right. So we're on the lower north shore. So um, our area is a quite tightly held area. So 330 transaction is, is huge. Um, we are the number one currently transacting agent on the lower north shore. Um, and as you know, there's some big competition. So I think we're punching well above our weight. Um, mate, and it gets me pumped every day. Okay. Um, Stuart, you're still listing and selling yourself or have you moved into a more managerial role? Yeah, um, that's that's a really good question. How long have you got? <laughs> um, so I've been trying to uh, sort of grow the business and focus on that area of the business for the last sort of, uh, 12 months, um, I've actually transformed my business into no longer listing and selling. Um, I'm more sort of working to support the agents in their growth. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed when I made that decision, because it's quite daunting, is that a lot of people I thought, you know, they just, they when you're the face of the business, one, your agents are competing with you as a selling principal, which for our model wasn't the right model that I wanted to go with. Um, I get that it works for others. Um, two, um, I was at capacity, so it's like, well, where can I grow? Um, so rather than sort of trying to get me up another 10 or 20%, I thought, why not try and get our agents up 20% each? Um, so, yeah, so I was transformed into 
the uh, like a managing director role, I guess, or, or a leadership role. Um, I still get appraisals. I still go out with the team. I am very much a hands-on um, licensee or principal. So I still go to um, presentations, vendor meetings, uh, reserve meetings. I was doing reserve meetings with one of our new staff. Um, so I'm trying to lead from the front, trying to uh, impart my knowledge, what I've learned in the last 15 years, onto them. Beautiful. And it is a very auction-oriented business that you run, isn't it? Yeah. So out of the 330 sales, 312 were auctions. Yeah. Um, some of them, obviously, a lot of them sold prior, but, yeah, uh, most of them are uh, an auction. Our area typically is an auction market. Okay. So the reason that you've joined us on Tech Tuesday is that in the world of real estate, not only are you looking at being one of the uh, first adopters of tech to help you list and sell and run a more efficient business, but you've also been um, a business that apart from paying for the subscriptions, you seem to use them a lot better than most people because we're in a, we're in a, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, they, they, they have a tech salesperson that comes along, sells them this idea, Stuart, and um, you know, the office pays for the subscription and then, you know, maybe a year later they turn around and say, man, you know, like what value is this giving us? But you with Real Tear have pretty much embraced all components of it and you very much run uh, a tech-based business. I'm not talking about technology having replaced you uh, or substituted you. It's complemented you and your team in the way that they go about their work. So technology is important to you why is it important to you and your business yeah sure so like a lot of businesses um covid and i hate bringing it up again because I'm, I'm absolutely over it but um covid when you know obviously the market tightened initially in that first round of covid lockdowns um we went through we like probably a lot of businesses out there we actually had a lot of dormant tech that over the years we'd accumulated and we do a bit of this do a bit of that um but nothing was really being used 100 percent um, so I actually did a massive audit through the business, cleaned out a lot of the tech, realised that we could replace it with um, with smoother systems and better uh, processes. From there, we had a policy of, that would only involve tech if it gave us two advantages. One, customer service was increased and two, it was easy for the agents to use and adopt. Uh, as an agent, myself, when, when I think about technology, most agents, their, their default setting is to fear when change comes along. Um, and I was the same. I I uh, was initially pushing back on on even products like Realtor. I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I feel comfortable with the digital platform yet, and things like that. And it was a bit of a concern. I I liked driving around doing exchanges and and things, and I never saw another way. Um, and that lasted, I reckon, about a week, Tom, because right. I did. I I remember and. Um, I remember having uh, auctions online and um, and we were selling properties online, contracts exchanged, um, agents were in the office, we were celebrating already having drinks where we would have been you know, typically going off and driving to, to other areas of Sydney to get contracts exchanged. Um, probably the biggest one that I had was I had a client uh, that was in a film set. They were up on the Northern Rivers, which is, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, that's Northern New South Wales. It's very remote, beautiful part of the world. Um, they were working on a film set there. Um, they were the vendor and had a um, probably where I only had one buyer. We'd got a negotiation, negotiation together prior to auction. 
Um, and the response from the vendor, they were happy, obviously, but the vendor was like, okay, great, I'll, I'll come in next week and uh, when I fly back to Sydney and I'll sign the contract. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like in my head, I'm like, no, this deal's going to fall over, you know. So um, from my side, I said, Look, you don't need to do that. We can actually send it to you. She, the only thing that she had to do was go get reception. There was actually no reception where she was. Um, so she got into town that night. Um, I did an exchange at 11.40. From the, I was in Sydney. She was in the Northern Rivers, which is probably, what, eight hours drive from Sydney uh, and we exchanged on the spot there and from that day forward I was like this is the best product in the world I'm I'm sold um, other agents from I mean you just look at the the ability that it gives you back in the time like if you think about if you're doing you know just as a business right this is gonna this is what I found mind-boggling if you have 330 transactions some have 200 some have 500 but if you're doing you know 30 minutes drive to go see the vendor to sign the contract, 30 minutes drive back, 15 minutes with the vendor. You're doing the same with the purchaser. I mean, imagine the amount of hours in your, your day or your business is, is wasted time, right? So technology's created a base where we can just, I guess, um, rather than replace what we do, just make it easier for what we do. And um, that's given the end of the agents. So since adopting it, um, the agents have had more time to do what they do, which is prospect, list and sell. So, Stuart, I'm curious because I know how real estate agents think. And the minute there's some change straight away, oh, what's it mean to me, you know? You have 50 staff, right? So, and, and a large number of those are people in sales, sales units. How did you deal with change management with your team and what you have to do from, you know, being a principal's perspective to to get your team to engage it and not to be dismissive and say, oh, no, no, listen, Stu, I, I, I like to do it this way, you know. Did you have a lot of resistance? Yeah, initially, look, that's a really good question. Initially we did. Um, however, there's twofold. I think you got to lead from the front. Uh, so when I was obviously selling still, um, all of my contracts were just made into policy within the office, so I didn't really have a choice. Um, however, obviously, that's not the, the solution that you're looking for just to, to put them in a corner where they can't you know, have another choice. But um, the other thing that we do, did is we, we gave so much value points. So we went through all of the technologies available. We looked at everything that was on the market and we said, okay, well, this one can do this, this one can do this, this one can do this. But, but for us, Realchair could do all of that Right. And in terms of, I guess, agents have pushed back until all you need is one. You need one agent. Um, so we, we, we were quite lucky. We had one or two agents that sort of took a lead. And, and for, in our business, they were um, top performing agents, took a lead. And from there, everyone else followed. So I think strategically, we looked at it and go, okay, if we can get the big agents on board, everyone else will follow. And what happened was, it's like social proof, right? So as soon as one agent does it and they go, that's the best thing in the world, and the next person, oh, it does it. And then they're all helping each other out and, you know, how do I do this? The biggest uh, issue that we had or, or challenge we had was that some of our agents are, are not as adoptive to technology as others. And so for them, um, it took a little bit more training. The team, you know, I am lucky enough to have a good team where everyone helps everyone out. Um, so the team would get involved and some of the um, the more tech-savvy agents would get on and say, yep, this is how you do it. And it's super easy to use. So once 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 um, I, I find once that, you know, those agents are on board, it's, it's really then just a process of proving it to the others. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was challenging. However, I think with 
the amount of value that it adds all in one place. Um, that's also, I guess, why we, we've adopted some other op options with Realtor as well. So um, we've moved to the cell platform, um, which I'm sure we're, we're going to talk about. Um, there's really good benefits to that from a security point um, in the business. And agents, because the initial pitch sign uh, was so um, taken on board so well, they're very much open to the change. I think, if anything, a lot of the agents actually surprise themselves with how much they're willing to change. So it, it's, it, it's not really changing a process. It's just instead of it's just replacing what you had with a much easier way that gives you so much more free time. So, like, why wouldn't you do that, you know? Okay. So Peter Matthews, who's your auctioneer and is also um, one of the founders of Realtor, said to me off air, he said, listen, definitely ask Stuart about consumer transparency. He goes, Pete, Peter's obsessed with transparency and 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 because he's always thought we lose a lot of trust with buyers, Stuart, because your typical agent says, oh, oh thanks for that offer of $2 million. We've already had... 2.1 from someone else, right? And the buyer never believes you. And, um, you know, um, that's why often buyers turn around and say, oh, I don't, don't believe agents. But um, consumer transparency has been important for you and the and your sales team. Um, can I just ask you, how are you creating this with, with tech and early feedback from customers? Is there any feedback? Pete, Pete's obsessed with pushing real tear and computer transparency. I'd like to know what your your experience has been with it. Sure. So I guess um, this stems from a lot of conversations on Auction Day with Pete. Um, uh, for those that don't know, Pete's also the president of the REI. So, um, oh, sorry. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Mr. President is very transparency-driven. I think I'm aligned with that too because I think as an industry, what – as going into a more of a management role, what I've noticed uh, with agencies is that every agent has a slightly different process. Even within the office, you could deal with one agent and deal with the next agent and the next agent and all three of them have a different process. Like put yourself on the consumer side or the buyer side, how confusing is that, right? So yeah. if you can create a model that, um, and this is where we're sort of adopting our business is that we want to set standard practice rules. Um, we're using tech to, to do that. So we're using um, the Realtor cell platform to do that. But so when an agent, you know, so imagine a client coming in, wanting to make an offer. Great, Tom, this is how we make an offer in our business. I'm going to send you a pre-thought uh, pre out email which gives you the information about how we deal with offers in our business so that you're fully informed on how we, we, we're going to proceed. So that email goes out from there. Um, You've got the choice, obviously, with the sell platform that you can do timed options, you can do an option now, you can do sell prior, you can submit offers. Um, it's fully transparent in terms of everyone else can see what the offers are. Um, you can choose to hide that as well if you wanted to. Um, but it's it's more that I guess as an industry, we've unfortunately, and I do feel that we've, we've sort of got a name that's not fairly put on us uh, right now. I think our industry has moved leaps and bounds ahead of where we were maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, but that persona, um, it's almost like a an Australian, you know, ritual, isn't it, to sort of say, oh, the agents do this and agents do that. Well, hang on, guys, we are a profession here um, and this is how we do it professionally and this is what we expect. A lot of the time as well, I had uh, agents that had 
dealt with other agencies and if they were, I'm going to use a, 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 a industry jargon word here, burnt, right? If they were burnt from another agent, um, what they'd come to you, they'd come with you, their walls up, right? They'd come with their walls up and then their strategy is very different how they approach you. So it takes away the, the, the rawness of the deal and the fun of the deal. Rather than that, they're more concerned, I don't want to tell the agent too much because that agent might actually use what I've told them to go and shop my offer around to everyone else. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It's just how you go about doing that. And if you're transparent up front and say, you know, we are going to work for our owners and we are going to, you know, try and get the best outcome for our owners. So um, I guess in terms of um, what I found is a lot of the time in the areas that we're dealing with, it's very high emotion, high net worth individuals where they're, they're quite um, dominant in their own industry. And so for them, they want to be in control. And it's almost like they they find an agent that could be a little bit weaker in the negotiation. It's going to help, like the technology side is going to help those agents. If they're a strong negotiator, um, this just simplifies the process. But it takes away, you've always had those, you've all had those clients that come and say, look, I understand that's how you do it, but this is what I'm going to do. You're like, no, 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 no. This is how we do it. And it's because of what's happened to you in the past that we've now got these processes in place. And that's how we we deal with business. Um, on the flip side, talking to owners about that at a listing presentation, no one else is talking about that in our area. Right. So that's a point of difference. So when we sit down, because you know, you sit down with an owner and they say, Oh, you know, the price card's this, it sells for this. And they understand after you talk to them about price cards and things. But um, when you explain to them how you deal with an, a buyer transparently, they're like, you know, everyone wants that. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it, it definitely offers a point of difference on our agency compared to others. Um, so we're big in, in pushing that we are a technology-based business. Um, we, we are careful that we don't push too much in the fact that we're replacing ourselves with technology because the technology is only there to assist us to get better um, outcomes for our owners or spend more time negotiating. It's not to replace, you know, we're not hiding behind emails, not hiding behind text. We're picking up, with, we're a bit old school um, in terms of negotiating, but we use tech to bring us up, with, up you know, to bring our business um, uh, at the forefront. High tech, high touch. Yeah, that's good. I like that. You like that? I love it. You're high on the tech, um, but it's not replacing you. You're still high on touch. The conversations, and I know, I know your team. I know your team well. They are they they are people that use the phone. They're not sitting there pressing an email button saying, "I've sent twenty thousand emails out. I've done my prospecting for today." Yeah. Um, I know that, man. I'm just curious. You know, cybersecurity has been a big issue. Like the, the REI is constantly doing um, things at the moment about that. In fact, I was in an event yesterday with the REI. Um, there have been plenty of examples in real estate where agents have sent money to the wrong account. Right? Um, can I ask you what process have you got in place um, to help us understand? Um, the challenge in, in in changing this process? I mean, have you got things now that can help reduce the probability of um, cyber crime happening? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're an owner of a business and you don't have it right now and you're stuck on the old systems where, um, you know, you get them to email you the basement account number, you're a sitting duck waiting to have a massive lawsuit against you. 
Um, I think it's only a matter of time. I mean, we're all now getting these text messages through, you know, um, the last couple of years they seem to have increased where, you know, they're posing as people, you know, sending deliveries and things like that. Um, the biggest issue that we have as an industry is that um, it's not our emails could not be hacked, but it's but it's that the client's emails could get hacked. Um, and then, you know, obviously then you've got a situation where the client's not insured against that. They might not know they're, they're, um, uh, they've been hacked. But, again, you know, we're insured, um, but then, you know, the insurance comes to look at our processes and things like that. So we've, we've adopted it. We've adopted it. Sort of a, uh, I guess a, a situation where, and why I'm hesitant is we're actually adopting a new process again um, to right. even make it more fail safe. Um, my, to give you some background, my wife is in in finance. Um, I believe that because of the proceeds that we're dealing with and the vol and the, the amounts that we're dealing with, I think it's an only a matter of time that the industry doesn't have some sort of um, qualification for dealing with, uh, you know, if you go to finance industry, they're, they're um, tracked by ASIC and things like that. With um, it's only a matter of time before we need to get certified for you know for these transactions. So um, what we had previously, um, and, and then I'm going to give you the best scenario what we're going towards. Previously, we had um, the uh, the vendor. So let's say, um, so the deposit we were using Deft Option Pay. Um, so that's a digital platform um, through Macquarie Bank. Um, then we would have for the disbursements, which is our biggest risk, is money going out of the account. Um, we would have the vendor provide uh, their bank details in a handwritten scanned email to us um, with their signature and copy of their license. Um, our accounts team would then ring them and say, can you please confirm? Now, we then identified that, well, hang on, our accounts team actually don't know who they're calling. What if their phone's hacked, right? It's a great world we live in, isn't it? So, so now the agents call them because they know who they are and they say, look, can you confirm your bank details? So we're not the ones reading out the bank details. The um, owners are reading the bank details out, right, right to, to us. Then, talking about that to Pete, Pete came up with a great solution for our business, which is remove all liability from our business and take on the liability with Realtor. No problem. I, I was all for that. So um, with Realtor um, deposit systems and things like that, they they have the two-stage authentication, probably more, more, um, uh, more what's the right word, more authentication needed than, say, deft option pay. Yeah. Um, so they've got SMS, um, uh SMS sort of um, uh, where they the client gets a text, they approve it through SMS. Um, the client puts all their details in, but because it's through the real test system, it's moved the um, liability to our business as a whole. So um, that's where we're shifting to now. Okay, it's a great subject. Uh, yeah, security, isn't it? Well, listen. I mean, it's a little bit, Stuart. It reminds me a little bit of life insurance, right? Like in the sense that, hey, don't really care because I'm not about to die, right? Yeah. Uh, um, but the point is, it's not a problem um, till it is. Yeah. If you're you know what on. I mean. You're spot on. I find it probably the most boring subject of real estate. And, you know, as agents, we just want to go do deals. But, um, you know, you're spot on. As soon as it's a problem, I get it'll go to the front of your queue. 
Yeah. All right. I just want to ask you, you know, with what you're what you're seeing, so you're a very strong adopter of technology and using it effectively to help you produce 330 sales, which is quite extraordinary, um, Stuart. Well done on that. And I know that for a long period of time, you were a very big producer of of those sales. And that obviously has changed during the, the COVID years. And I knew you told me that you were repositioning from uh, selling principal to principal. Um, um, but what do you think the future agent looks like in your eyes? Yeah. So in our business, I have a vision that a agent's admin is completely removed from them altogether. Um, I would love to see an agent just list, sell, negotiate. That's pretty much all that I want them to do in our business. Um, I'd see that um, agents are moving to agencies are moving more to a supportive uh, role now with you know, talking around profits and things of what an agency can, um, you know, the margins. I think there's a perception sometimes that they're quite large where um, I think now with agent commission splits, they've progressed and obviously downward pressure on commissions as well as marketing things has got more expensive. So I think agencies are forced to adopt um, or look at options for um, outsourcing uh, or automating uh, admin side of the business. So for us, that's what we're really focused on. Um, it's something that if I can just remove all admin, the got um, I would love a day that we remove all admin from an agent completely um, and hand that to someone um, you know that's automated um, and that has it systemized. That would be my dream. Um, I think the other part of that would be that then agents don't have admin assistance in their business that they have assistants that are junior agents that they can groom, they can, the junior agents can learn from them, and then they too can become agents within that agent team. And I, find, and I think that eventually you'll have bigger super teams where you'll have a lead agent that's mentored. And, it's, and then if you can then have a business that when that lead agent, you know, in their career wants to uh, progress to a, a more relaxed um, role within the business, that there's a model where they can hand over their business to one of those other agents to step into their shoes. Mm. That to me has been one of the big changes in the last one to two years. Stuart has been uh, traditionally the first agent, a real estate agent used to hire as an assistant, used to be someone that was very admin oriented. Um, but I've just noticed with technology and particularly with real tear, this has meant that between the office support and the technology that's in the business, that often a real estate agent can actually now have their first assistant being a sales producer, whether they're doing buyer management, whether they're just actually giving more time and space for the agent to do a lot more prospecting and vendor management. Um, but essentially, the first assistant now can be a lead generator, buyer manager, call it an associate agent. Every every firm's got a different name for it. But what we're talking about is someone that's potentially more focused at helping you list and sell more property than just get rid of your, you know, paper admin-based jobs. Um, that's been a big change, um, Stuart. Yeah, definitely. I think um, so I came from a background where you're exactly right, Tom. Um, I would get to a certain GCI. I think at the time it was 450 GCI. 
and they'd say, oh, you need to put your first assistant on, typically it's an admin assistant, and I get why that model was working for them um, because for them uh, it freed up the need to have that provided uh, by the office. Um, and then, at, you know, when we got to like 800, we put on another person that would then be like a buyer manager. Um, I just look at that and go, okay, we've got one person in our business that looks after 13 agents um, and does all the sales support and um with the systems we've got in place, it's pretty. It's a pretty seamless, smooth job. Um, not saying that there's areas that we can't improve. We're always trying to improve, but um, I would rather the agents just put on grow. Like the more, the more we can make our agents earn, the more we're going to earn. So let's just help them earn money. Yeah. Last one is: Have you had any evidence at all that as you've you know developed into being this tech-oriented business or tech-powered real estate company that's still high on on touch and high on conversations and still on high on service, but allowing technology to give you the scale to do more of it in a more efficient way. Um, have you had agents sort of attracted to, to, to joining the business or you haven't seen that yet? No, absolutely. We, we've, we definitely have it. And I think if anything, that's now we're at we're at now business we're going to actually push that a lot more um i think when talking like being out um, and recruiting agents and, and talking to agents you've got the haves and the have nots on offer um if you if you're sitting in the phase where you've got have not got this technology or you haven't got something similar um then you're what why would an agent go with you like the agents want to grow right so if you can show, and then and then coming from agents that don't have this, coming across to the business and they're like, this is mind-boggling. Like one of them sat me down the other day and was like, this is a game changer for you. Like this is, my mind's exploding. I'm like, yeah. Like, and they think I've done it. I haven't done it. Realtor's done it. We've just, we've just put the systems in place. But honestly, uh, it's now ingraining our, our we, we couldn't go back to the way we were because it would just annoy everyone. I heard a beautiful quote this morning from a, a principal um, speaking to another co-director. The co-director said to him, mate, he goes, mate, the guy's lazy. And he responded, nah, he's not lazy. He's just got lazy systems. And I think that's <laughs> profound, you know what I mean? Sometimes the systems you have expose you as being good or bad. It's not yeah. you as a person, right? It's, you know, sometimes people say, oh, mate, the guy's really efficient. It's not the person. It's actually the behaviour that he delivers because he has no other choice because the systems make him actually act or act, make her act in that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, think back, think back to the day when, when um, email newsletters were a thing and, um, you know, obviously they're still, still relevant, but think about, you know, when, when they started in the industry, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, where everyone was doing them. And, and I would get people that I honestly, I'd, I'd met, I'd set them up on a, on a, um, on a recurring email trail and, uh, and they'd call me to use like, Austria, I get all your emails. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I have no idea that. So I think, um, I think, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Um, but the technology is only as good as the user. So, um, yeah, I mean, for us in our business, it's definitely allowed us to grow heavily. Um, it's allowing us to step away and focus on the business. Um, my agents love it. I don't. We couldn't go back. 
All right. So, Susan, if you are in the background there, Susan, I'd love you to put in the chat box the URL. If, if you don't mind, if you've got the URL, uh, the Tom Panos URL, oh, beautiful. Susan's put it up. And if Susan, if you can put it up on Facebook as well, for those that are watching, realtear.com forward slash Tom Panos forward slash is a fast way. Um, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not getting a, a bonus for it. If they've, they've set up a page for me because I'm an ambassador for the business and um, they'd already set me up a unique thing. So I don't get paid every time someone goes in there, uh, but I can't help it. You know, I, I think to myself, I look at the real estate companies at the moment that are smashing it. They're using digital price updates. They're using digital introductions. They're using efficient ways of signing on glass. And they just seem to have their shit together a lot better. You know, that's what it fundamentally is, Stuart. And um, I got to say to you, if you're watching this right now, team, and you're saying to yourself, man, this is stuff in the future, think about it. It wasn't that long ago. We used to fold a letter, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, send it, and wait for three days for someone to reply. We then move on to putting in a letter into a fax machine. I still remember, you know, Stuart, I still remember I was working at the professionals at Padstow, Chambers being Padstow, when the owner, John Owlsnet, said, I've got great news, everyone. This thing here now means we don't have to go to the post office. We put it into this machine and it's going to come out on someone else's machine instantly. That was the fax machine. That to me was like, wow, this is uh, unbelievable. And then we fast forward a few decades and you can see what we're up to. So if you don't like change, team, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hate extinction. It's on the way. Um, so Stuart Bourne, the principal from Rain and Horn at Lane Cove, Rain and Horn Willoughby and Rain and Horn Mossman, um, one of the award-winning businesses, number two uh, internationally for the whole Rain and Horn group. So congratulations, success leaves clues, and I just want to thank you so much for joining us on Tech Tuesday, Stuart. Thanks, Tom. Enjoy it. Thank you. Signing off, everyone. Have a great week.